its Trinity Sunday this week, which is the Sunday of the church year every year that happens uh, straight after Pentecost, which was last Sunday. And uh, it's the Sunday where we focus on this idea that we call the Trinity, which uh, doesn't appear in the Bible as a word, but the idea of it does all the way through. And it does particularly in the reading we were given for today, which is from the last words in the Gospel of Matthew. And they're these. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When he saw them, they worshipped him, and they doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. The Trinity is one of those strange, difficult things to understand. It's the idea that there is one God which was central to all of Jewish life, still is, and central to all of Christian life. There is only one God. And yet, God is experienced in three different ways, or as three different entities, Father, Son, Spirit. There's so many different ways that this can be talked about and thought about. But it can never be understood. So if you think you understand it, you're wrong. Because you, you don't. But if you think you're entering into it and beginning to explore it, you're right. If you think, as some people have said, well, look, it's just too complicated, it's too tricky, it's just some sort of theological trick to try and make us sort of fit it all in together, and it really doesn't matter. That seems to be wrong too because all the way through the scriptures, all the way through church history, the churches wanted to maintain a a sense of this idea of God being both one unity and a complexity of unity all at the same time. And language pretty quickly runs out when we think about it. But it's important, which is why we have Trinity Sunday, because it reminds us to pay attention and to give it some thought. Now there are lots of ways into it and this isn't the time or the place to do this in great detail. But one of the most important ways for many Christians for many centuries has been this painting on the wall. It's an icon and it's a Russian icon by the Russian icon painter Andrei Rublev, And it was painted in the 15th century. And it's become probably the most famous icon in the world. It's actual title, even though it's known as the Rublev icon or the Trinity icon, it's actually the hospitality of Abraham. Because in the middle chapters of Genesis, in chapter 18, uh, three strangers come and meet with Abraham. And it's possible that they're angels. They certainly don't seem to be kind of normal strangers who just happen past and want to meet with him. 
he and, and, and he meets, they, they meet with Abraham and with Sarah and they give uh, Abraham and Sarah this prophecy that Sarah, even though she's old, is about to become pregnant and the beginning of that whole story. So Rublev has painted them, the three together, and people have written uh, doctorates on this icon because it's got so many possibilities in it. We're only going to think of two of them. One is, you may notice, it's difficult to see because it's far away, but the three faces are all identical. And it's understood that Rublev wanted this paint, this icon to be not just about the three strangers who came to Abraham, but to be a picture of the Trinity. So the God who is united as one, three faces the same, but separate and, and united entities, so that they're, they're separate people. But they're sitting in a sort of a semicircle. And in the early 20th century, in one of the restorations, it's needed to be restored a number of times, partly because it's old, partly because it's been so well-loved and, and looked at everywhere, um, is that, that down the bottom on the pedestal of the table, you'll notice a, a rectangle. And the rectangle, um, it was discovered in the early, one of the early 20th century restorations, that that's glue. And there's a speculation by art historians and there's evidence of this in other icons as well, so this is the reason why they speculate, that what could have been put there, either by Rublev himself or by somebody later in veneration of the icon, was a mirror in which you, as the viewer of the icon, can see yourself. And it's the idea that the person who sees himself becomes the fourth member of the Trinity and completes the circle. So it's the idea of the circle of God. And it's a very powerful idea because, of course, we get in the very first story uh, that we have in the Bible, the story of creation, is where God makes us in God's own image. And we know that to be in the image of someone is not just to look like them. We look a little bit like our parents, but we are like them in lots of ways. We have similar reactions and sometimes other people see that more than we do. Just the way you use your hands or the way you walk, everyone can see that's just like the way your mum did or your dad did or even further back your grandfather or grandmother. We, we are like the people that we come from in more the way, way, than one way. It's not just the way we look. It's deeply in a part of us. We are not only like them, we are, we are them in so many genetic and other ways. So when we are made in the image of God, we are like God in so many ways. We are part of the goodness of God. And so Rublev may well have wanted us to have that same experience by looking at this icon, to be drawn in to the being of God, to complete the circle, which is quite extraordinary just because we, we're not used to imagining ourselves as this glorious, as this extraordinary, as this so much a part of the goodness of God. Henri Nouwen, the uh, Catholic writer and, and theologian and, and mystic who, who died a decade ago now, I think, wrote a lot about the Trinity and he wrote a whole book about this particular icon. He calls the Trinity the perfect, the, sorry, the house of perfect love. And about this particular icon, 
he writes this. The more we look at this holy image with the eyes of faith, the more we come to realise that it is painted not as a lovely decoration for a convent church, which it was, not as a helpful explanation for a difficult doctrine, but as a holy place to enter and stay within and be at home. A holy place to enter and stay within and be at home.